0: You are listening to The Partnership for the Arts Talk Show with Dave and Cat. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts where we talk art. How are you doing today, Dave?
1: Cat, I'm feeling blessed. You had a chance to go get your last right? Yes, idea. I did. A yeah. full
0: thermos. Right. Yeah, ready yeah. to rock and roll this one. <laughs> so, how are you doing? Great. Another great class started for the uh, season.
1: Yeah. Students
0: doing good? Just, uh, my students are amazing. I absolutely love them. I, I feel like I'm really the student, you know? <laughs> and a lot of great painting going on. Very, yeah. very busy but right. it's all good. It's everything that I love to do. Yeah. How about you? Doing fantastic, Cat. You know, I'm
1: still just on a high doing that interview with Lisa Wingate. That was just wonderful to actually talk to her and got a chance to go see her when she was here in town. That was fantastic. Right. And she made the announcement when we were sitting there talking that she is working out the details for a movie miniseries based on her book, Before
0: We Were Yours. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and you know, I can actually see that being a really strong miniseries because the book, so many people resonate with it.
1: Yeah, you know, I'd say probably 1.5 million readers, that is.
0: <laughs> and, and even if that didn't happen in their family, they know someone who it's happened to. But I think it's a really important part of our history. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, tragically so. <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very excited for her. That's great. Well, congratulations, Lisa. Awesome.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Okay, so looking
1: forward to talking with our guest today. Oh, me uh, too. Yeah, yeah. we well, had a lot of different artists on the show and supporters on the show, but... Show, but we've never actually gone into this Good variety of, of art and we are talking in the classification of woodworking actually wood sculpting we'll be talking with bob richard in just a minute in the library at the vac so you ready to get started i'm ready to get started okay <laughs> then here we go
0: this is partnership for the arts come join us
1: as we explore the worlds of art
0: you can also find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show, or our newest website,
1: PFTA talkshow.org.
0: This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay,
1: so we are back and again, as we mentioned, we're sitting here with Wood Sculptor Bob Richard. Bob, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you for welcome inviting by. me. I enjoy yeah. being here.
1: Good to have you here. Okay, so Bob, you are a wood sculptor. You sculpt statues, but that's not all you do.
2: Yes, build furniture as well. Hmm. That's where I started, actually, was with the furniture.
1: So have you been doing this all of your life? How did you get started?
2: And it's kind of a curious how I got into it because I had no intentions of ever working in wood.
1: Oh, really? That's yeah.
2: interesting. I, was, yeah. I graduated from high school, and I went to a two-year technical school for electronics, and I was sitting there, though, just before graduation, actually, and one of my friends says, I'm going up to Fitchburg State College and I'm going to apply to be a teacher. He says, You want to take a ride? I said, Sure, why not? Guess what? I applied too. <laughs> <laughs> and I wound up taking majoring in industrial arts education and I did the courses, blah blah. And I was out doing my student teaching when the person I was student teaching for got a phone call from a principal of another school, was in desperate need. He's 10 weeks into the school year and he needed somebody to teach. So he asked me if I wanted a job. Well, I just got married that summer and it helped to have an income. (laughs) So I said, yes, I went. And what they were teaching there was woodworking.
1: Uh Aha, okay.
2: And I talked to him and I told him I wanted to do something electronics as well. He said, well, you can add programs as you go along. So it sounded like a good deal to me. So I Mm -hmm. took it. Well, I had a lot of learning to do before I started working with those kids. But it worked out pretty well. When was this, Bob? This was back in 1969 when I started. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
1: Had you worked with wood before that?
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) Quick learner. That that, that kind of work.
1: Okay. Curiosity is definitely piqued here. You're a wood sculptor and you build wood furniture now. But... At that point in time, you took a class to teach woodworking, and you had never worked with the medium before. Obviously, you did something right.
2: Right. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> after, after the first year, I decided I, I, I need some help because my projects weren't that great, and I wasn't satisfied. Mm-hmm. So in Worcester, they had Worcester Craft Center, and at that time, I had some very respectable people teaching there. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman named Tony LaRocco, now i remember this man's name forever. He was a Rhodes Scholar in, in woodworking, and he used to, he worked, before he worked there, he worked at Sturbridge Village. Okay. And he was doing reproduction furniture there for the, for the village itself. Mm. I started, I did that nights for two years.
1: Okay, wow. So you were teaching woodworking during the day and then working with him at night? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember you telling me there was something very special about this gentleman.
2: He had sugar diabetes and he lost his vision. Mm-hmm. He was really, really good at wood. We learned so much from him.
1: That's just amazing that, you know, he basically has lost his sight, but he was still able to work and carve wood. That's just amazing. Right.
2: I also used to go to museums and uh, where they had furniture collections and I'd get thrown out because I'd start crawling around <laughs> the pieces to see how they actually did it. And the, uh, the gods got kind of upset with me. <laughs> After a while, they got to know me, but in the beginning, right. it wasn't an yeah. easy thing to
1: do.
0: I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> even though you were thrown into this and you had, before that time, no even inclination to even work with wood, did you find that having to learn it and investigating it actually made you fall in love with it I think I think it yeah. did,
2: because... I started to appreciate this, these pieces, not the, the everyday piece of furniture that you see, but right. what took place in the past. I, everything I did when I was making the piece, I tried to do it the way they did it, with limits, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I consider myself a traditionalist when it comes to that, but at the same time, I'm always open to new ideas and new things. Right, you and know. you
0: see that in your artwork. Yeah. I mean, when I look at it, you have that old school, right, I mean, that master craftsmanship standard, Mm -hmm. but then you bring it out in very contemporary forms, just beautiful, organic
2: ways. I guess that's kind of how I am. You're right about that. When I like something, it's 150 percent otherwise I don't do it. Right. (laughs) And I've had people that ask me to build them something but if I didn't, it didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. right. I, I wouldn't. I'd find somebody else for them that would do what they wanted that, but I did not believe I could deliver that piece with that same quality that I would, right. you know. It's, maybe it seems like an ego thing or something, but it's not. It's just I don't want to disappoint anybody.
0: Yeah, it's not an ego thing. It's just that you truly care yeah. about it.
2: Uh-huh. And yeah. Yeah. what I
1: do. Yeah, yeah Bob, i just got to say that I think anyone listening to the show is, as well as we can tell, um, egotistical doesn't come to mind when... <laughs> so, Bob, you've been doing this now for quite a long time, uh, the wood carving and all. Uh, When did you actually get into doing the sculpting?
2: Woodworking, the furniture that I've done for about 50 years now. And wood sculpture, I just started really when I bought this house down here in Florida.
0: Oh, okay. And how long ago was that?
2: About six years ago.
1: Really? Wow, yeah. Okay, now I think we should mention that Bob, you travel between Florida and your place and your family up north? Well, I yeah, I'm here more than I'm
2: up there, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd stay longer except the grandkids are up there and they'd get mad if we didn't go back, so. <laughs> and,
1: and where is that? Where's home?
2: Uh, right now, I have a house on Cape Cod, in mm-hmm. Brewster, Mass, and my grandchildren live up in the center of the state in Princeton, Mass, uh, north of Worcester, Mass, right in the center of the state. And it's got a nice mountain there, and my daughter, who I spent a fortune on getting an education after two years of doing what I spent all my money on, decided <laughs> she's going to open up her own bakery. <laughs> and she is becoming very famous with her baking.
1: Wonderful. Great. Yeah. Right.
2: And they're in Princeton, Mass, and there's a mountain there called Mount Wachusett. It's a ski area, a mm-hmm. place in the summer for people hiking and all that. Right. Well, they had a house on the mountain that belonged to the state, and it belonged to the curator of the mountain way back in the early 1900s. It's been empty for th- almost 40 years, Well, oh, my daughter and her partner just took it over. The state still owns it, but they'll you know, get it rent free, renovate the place, and restore it, not change it. And there's a okay. lot of beautiful woodwork in this place. It, mm, this house is I bet. gorgeous. It's just been neglected for so long, it's it's a huge uh, task to bring it back. Anyhow, so she she has the same <laughs> is me. She's more like me. This is what I want to do. Okay, I don't care. I told him. I says you should have told me. I could have taken that money, and that <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> so you're going
1: to be doing some woodworking
0: there, thinking
2: that I got to find out what they're doing for us. And I told him I would. I'd be love to do it because there's a lot of carvings on the railings and the mm. the walls. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's,
1: and how old is the place?
2: It was 1902. It was built. Okay. Uh, but it hasn't been, nobody's lived in it for 40 years. Cause wow. I used to live in Princeton way back. Okay. And uh, when I was there, that was in, uh, the mid-70s I moved there. It was empty then, so it's been a long time.
0: That is quite a while. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. The yep. state of Massachusetts owns a lot of nice property like that. It's a beautiful place where it is because it's, a reserve there's a mountain there's Mm -hmm. trees the town's got like 3,000 people in it so it's right it's really beautiful
1: and that's going to be the home for the bakery
2: yes that's going to be in the house they're going to put a bakery in there it's going to be more like a community meeting place where there'll be the bakery there's you'll be able to coffee sandwiches things like this Mm -hmm. and who knows what it will grow into
0: wow that sounds interesting. Yeah, quite an adventure. Yeah.
2: Right now, both her and her partner are working for no money because they still got to pay rent on the building they're in, and they got to pay rent on the, <laughs> on the loan they took right. <laughs> to do this place. So no salary for a while. So when people think you go into small business and you're going to be rich, it takes a long time to oh, get it there, does. folks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. You're doing well if you break even in the beginning. <laughs> you better <Yeah>. believe it. <laughs> right, right.
1: Well, that's quite an adventure. So now... That's where you're originally from, that area, yes. right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you school teacher, then you got into the woodworking.
2: That's where I got into woodworking.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you said you had moved down here how long ago?
2: 2011 it was. Okay. That's when I bought, when I finally physically got here. It was more in just about 2012.
1: Okay, now do you have a woodwork shop here and there?
2: Not like I do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have what I do down here is I do more of my carvings and mm-hmm. sculpture. When I go north, Cape Cod's beautiful. You're all invited right? Up.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> okay, yeah. road trip. Yep. <laughs> so Bob, you got to be careful what you say. We'll show up. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it,
2: yeah. I'll do all the pieces I need the big stuff for, it, and then I bring it down here, and I'll do all the carving, all the other stuff. I have a few smaller tools here, mm-hmm. but everything I have here is all hand tools. So as far as making tables here, it's, I'm not really set up for that. But I can do some, all the sculpture I want.
1: Okay. Well, Bob, since you've mentioned sculpting, let's talk about that. These pieces that you carve range from very large to very small. You yes. Like sculpting. So why don't you tell us about some of the stuff you've done?
2: Well, the small sculpture mm-hmm. is pretty simple. I mean, I've done some very simple pieces because I was just just starting out with the carving bit. An app ab- stylized scallop shell. Looks mm-hmm. more like a fan. You could call it a fan, but it's got the ripples, the thing like right. the scallop mm-hmm. shells. I did a nautilus. It was one of the first pieces I had, and it's. I have a picture of it on my Instagram page, and it's got almost as many likes as some of my bigger pieces, which surprised me because it's not a somewhat stylized, but it's. It's you know the others have much more intricate pieces to them and things, but mm-hmm. I love it. But and I guess people do too because oh, yeah. there's a lot of likes on it. Very awful, a lot yeah. of likes.
1: Okay, so what about the larger pieces?
2: My first big piece, and I, I did this one up in Massachusetts, and I brought it south uh, without, without the base. Well, the one down here is out of marble, and I had a hunt all over Florida for a piece of marble that I wanted a big chunk. <laughs> it took a while and a lot of driving. Anyhow, that piece is what I, I call it the wave down here. Mm-hmm. But up north, I'd probably call it the, the horse.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the process for naming these things.
2: I only name pieces because people want names on them. I would like to say every piece I make is named, what do you see? <laughs> <laughs> because everybody sees art differently. Oh, know? they True. Do. yeah. And so I, but they want names, so I try to come up with names. And you can see how I changed the name because I have that same piece. There's only two of them. One's in my garden up on Cape Cod, and the other one's down here.
1: Right, so the other one down here is the wave, and it's located where,
2: and it's at the uh, Peace River Botanical and Sculpture Garden, right. which is a, a yeah. new sculpt uh, garden mm-hmm. down here, and it's yeah. I, it's looks good now, and it, I can only see it getting much much better. Yeah, they they
1: have yeah. uh, some big plans for that place. Yeah. and We talked with Bill Klossner, the president of the board at the Peace River Botanical and Sculpture Garden. We did an interview with him, and I think that was about the first time that we actually yes. met here at the visual arts center and that sculptor that you did why don't we talk about that a little bit because it's quite big right
2: yeah it's one of the bigger pieces i've made as far as sculpture goes uh, It was one of the first ones and most of the other ones are more indoor type probably anywhere from i don't know 12 inches high to maybe 24 inches high yeah in that space okay. and
1: right but uh, this one's much this
2: one's Yeah, this one here is probably about six feet. Right.
1: Yeah. You have it on a marble uh, base. Ma- yeah, mean, a marble
2: right? base, which uh, I searched high and low for in <laughs> Florida.
1: Now, that's interesting because you mentioned that again. Well, Bob, hold on there one second. Sure. We're going to take a commercial break, but we've got you. We got the man you need to talk to, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony Walker, he's a marble sculptor. He's been on the show here, in fact... You're about to hear him. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Tony Walker, and I'm a Marvel sculptor. And I listen to Partnership for the Arts talk show. (laughs) (laughs) See? How about that? There you go. We'll get you his name in. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. Okay, we are back from commercial break, and we want to thank Tony Walker, Marvel sculptor, Right. And uh, I want to thank you for that spot. And we are sitting here talking with Bob Richard, a wood sculptor. And, Bob, before the break, we were talking about the wave, yes, uh, the piece you did for the uh, Peace River Botanical Gardens, sculpture gardens here in Punta Gorda. And we wanted to cover that a little bit more. We're talking about that big piece of marble that uh, you made the base out of. It's
2: a, it was a beautiful piece of marble, though. It uh, I didn't want it finished. During it. it was just nice, rough cut piece and it, it went goes well with the, uh, the piece piece I made you can see it if you want just go to the Peace River Botanical and Sculpture Gardens website and look on the sculptures mm-hmm. and you'll see the piece
1: yeah and what was the type of wood that you used
2: the African mahogany wood that's right and I used African mahogany because it'll stand up well outside it's not gonna warp and it grows in tropical forests so right uh, and it worked out well I also uh, I put it out there for for a year, and when I came back after the year, I went over there, and took a look at it, brought it home, cleaned it up, and then put another coat of, uh, it's like a, a marine varnish that I used mm-hmm. okay. to put up with the weather, because the sun in Florida brutal. Is, right, is, yeah. is brutal <laughs> on everything you do, and uh, I want it to try to keep its color as long as it can. So I use that type of finish, plus the fact that I clean it up every now and then. I'll probably do that every year. I'll go back and okay. oh, take okay. it out and see what it looks like and clean it up and try to refresh it somewhat.
1: Uh, how much does that weigh? Do you know?
2: The stone itself is about 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. What least. about
1: the, the wood itself? The, the wood
2: uh, It's probably in this 50, 60-pound range. Because yeah, yeah. it's,
1: it's okay. a big piece of wood yeah. and sculpt. How long did it take you to do that?
2: Usually I'm working on three or four things at the same time. Yeah. So how much time I spend on each one varies even during the day. I may go out for an hour and work another the time I might be out there ten hours. Right. It's right. Probably a hundred to two hundred hours somewhere in that okay. range. And yeah. the reason one of the reasons is it's made out of sixteen pieces that are all cut at special angles and you need to glue those together. Well, you there's no giant clamp in the world that's gonna <laughs> so I had to do one piece, especially one with piece, the shape one it, piece, know. right, yeah. because of the shape. And that's why I say for people that, you know, if they're interested in what it looks like, and that, take a look on the website. It's well, we'll, we'll post a that. picture of it when we do the oh, show. Okay. Right. So. Yeah. And uh, so it took me a long time to get that right and get the angles right and to adjust them such that I had the right curvatures and things like that that I wanted to, to bring the piece out. And it worked out after a while. Then I had a, my brother-in-law, who was a machinist, helped me come up with something that would allow the head to turn, with the wind, but as soon as it got out of the wind, like a like a wind a wind turbine, mm-hmm. it would stop. So it's not going to spin around; it's going to just move, till the, it moves itself out of the wind.
1: Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that it did that.
2: Yeah.
1: I didn't know that it actually spun on the axis it like can.
2: that. You can, and you you can take it off too. <laughs>
1: Well, we won't do that. <laughs> we'll let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: it's barons in there, so I, I used some of his mechanical assistants and he had a machine shop in his house, so wow. we made okay. the pieces there.
0: Do you have to order your material, like the African Mahogany, do you have to special order that? Uh, it no, to- the,
2: most of it's that I buy up north because I have contacts up there from when I was teaching buying wood from wood uh, okay. wholesalers and that. And these people will have a lot of the uh, furniture-type grades of wood, because okay. you know that's more what they're into—that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. they sell to people who build cabinets for kitchens, and some people just build furniture. Because there are some people yet still alive today that have a business and they make high-quality furniture, mm-hmm. really beautifully done. It's expensive, but besides, I told them to buy Apple when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives me a good deal. <laughs>
0: okay, so let's look at moving along here. Cat, you had a question for him. What we're interested in is basically your philosophy when you approach your works.
2: Yeah, it's. I have an Instagram page, and at the top of the page is is my whole philosophy, and it's my philosophy is nature makes such beautiful woods with such beautiful colors, beautiful grains that. I feel it's my responsibility to show that nature's beauty there. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural In, in that piece, the natural beauty of the wood in that piece. So I never stain anything. I never paint anything. If you see it, the color of that wood is what the wood is. Okay. And I have some woods, uh, like there's a wood called Purple Heart. Well, if you were to see it in the lumberyard, you look at it and go, oh, that is the ugliest piece of wood I've ever seen. But when you smooth it out and finish it, and let nature take its course. It turns to this beautiful, rich purple, reddish color. Wow! It is beautiful. From Central and South America. Okay. And I've got two pieces that I'm doing now. The wood pot's all done. I'm going to add some glass pieces to it. But seeing I've never worked in glass. <laughs> <and> <laughs> oh, I here need, we go. <laughs> and, and I need to fuse some glass together. I've put those two together, and I think they're going to be beautiful. But I, I know what I want to do. It's how I go to do it. <laughs> is, <laughs> and is I'm what curious I'm going to learn. about
0: the glass thing. Did did it dawn on you after you started to work with it, or did you kind of have this vision beforehand?
2: I was at a uh, at a craft show, and there was a gentleman that does stone carving. And he had some wood there, and he took the wood and the stone together. But I, it was enough to give me this idea, right. and. And I didn't want to use stone because I didn't think I could get the color I wanted. And I started looking at glass and I started looking at resin. Well, the resin would have, mm. I would have had to build a $10,000 farm to get it to, to fit where I wanted. <laughs> so I, and right. plus I think the glass would have been better.
1: So is this something that you think you're going to continue to use or just a one time?
2: In the future, I'll, not always, but I will incorporate glass into into my pieces
0: okay that's fascinating it's uh, what i like about your approach is that you actually you let it inform you it's an exchange you know a creative exchange going on there and you really see that in your
1: work thank you let me ask you because we were kind of talking before the show about some of the stuff do you have a favorite type of wood that you like to work with or does it just depend on the project that you're going to do
2: some of it's technical on what i'm going to use it for like if i'm using out something's going to go outside Mm -hmm. i have to use certain types of wood woods that grow more in tropical environments because they won't warp they won't shrink as it has more characteristics for being outside and lasting most of the woods i use are native woods to the united states oh okay because that comes from my background in furniture that's what they use this is what i use i love them they're beautiful woods but i have no fear of using any other woods if i you know going out and looking and that's why i went to the purple Hot. i found that it fit really oh. good into some pieces i was making and it works quite well with sculpture i i have some some of the sculpture i mix that in with the other woods the other woods are the main wood but i put that in there to add a little color to it but these two pieces with the glass are going to be all that purple hot. we'll see when i get the two pieces yeah you actually have put to them together put it. but i yeah in my brain that's what that's what I see, and I, I believe they'll be great.
0: Yeah. yeah. And now, is the Purple Heart like a hardwood?
2: Yes, it's very hard. Oh,
0: very okay. dense.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be...
2: and whenever you carve it, you always have a mallet in your hand <laughs> and a very sharp <laughs> chisel.
1: Now, is that the basic technique and tools you use when you sculpt?
2: Yes. I, when it comes down to the techniques, just like in the furniture when I was doing all the joinery and all that, everything mm. was done by hand because that's the way they did it. I'm not going to go out and cut a tree down with an axe and split it <laughs> the way they did you know two or three hundred years ago but I'll use a table saw and I'll use a, a thickness planer mm-hmm. and a band saw but everything else is done by all the joinery, all the carvings are all done mm-hmm. by hand I, I feel it's more part of me doing it that way than it is a machine right mm-hmm. exactly. yeah and, and there's nothing wrong with the machine people use them all the time the ones I don't like is when the machine's attached to a computer and somebody pushes a button in it.
1: <laughs> that's, you know. Right. That's not actually hand sculpting. No. <laughs> so I guess the big question is this, this next piece is, what's the name of it? Teardrop. Teardrop. Okay.
2: Okay. One of them yeah. resembles a teardrop in my brain, anyhow. And the other is just a nautilus that the old see. C- Okay. Mm-hmm. Very both stylized, obviously. Right. Yeah, I, I would say abstract, but they're not quite abstract. They're more stylistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
1: And how big are these going
2: to be? Uh, they're, they're for inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nautilus itself is somewhere around 13 or 14 inch diameter, okay. and it will have a stand. And the teardrop is somewhere around 22 inches, but it's going to be mounted on a stand that it'll, it'll hang from.
1: So the teardrop will be basically yeah. suspended in air. Yeah. Though.
2: Right. Yeah. And when I I can weld in that, so I just got to find the tools to do it. <laughs> I'll make those parts. These have got me too. Got me very excited. Again, it's right. It's a different from what the other pieces are. and I like doing different things.
1: Okay. Well, speaking of other things you do besides the wood carvings that we've talked about, you also do figure sculpting as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yes. yes four or five pieces that I've done. Yeah. And I also, I've got a couple of, uh, one's going to be a full okay. figure person.
1: Now, Bob, I know from some of the previous conversations that we've had, you took, let's say, a accelerated course to prep yourself for figure sculpting with a drawing class. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: I did take a class.
1: Right, it turned out to be...
2: Turned out it wasn't a beginning class. And there were three <laughs> models they brought in and said, you got three minutes to draw this. And I goes, what? <laughs> but it was amazing what I learned in three classes. And it, nothing I would show to anybody. But it gave me what I needed to connect the body right. and how it... Mm-hmm. it the form? Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. form and go from that form, that picture, into what it looked like okay. and get the proportions right, which is... Right, the important, right.
0: important thing, yeah. And the the larger figurative pieces that you have in mind, are they going to be kind of like relief sculpture or the full? Uh, I've got one body, that's going to be a relief sculpture, and okay. the other is
2: going to be a full sculpture. My gold is a gentleman named Peter Demetz.
1: Oh yeah, phenomenal work. He's okay. an Italian. Mm hmm.
2: Teaches and he does works so that sell for a lot of money, but it's all wood. And if you saw these pieces, they're very sensual. But they're also very,
1: what they call hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: they look so real. Absolutely. That you could go over and talk to these people, you know. It's okay. amazing. Okay. Right. And that's my goal. I always have to find, a, a
1: Inspiration. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Who's my Who's the inspiration I want to, going after?
1: Well, that's a lot of inspiration to keep you going, Bob. That's <laughs> <all> it, right. <laughs> Well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask: is what do you get inspiration from? So I guess that's one of them. That's one of mm-hmm. them. And what else, Bob?
2: The nature, nature itself. We spend a lot of time out in nature, my wife and I. And.
1: Uh, and you mentioned your wife, uh, very much a supporter of yours. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, my wife does. She supports me all the time. That's it's really good. I mean, without her support, I wouldn't be doing half the things I do. And.
1: Uh, yeah wonderful lady you got, Bob. So, Bob, before we move on, I would like to recap on something you had told us during the last break. You have mentioned that you do commission sales. Yes. And you do have them for sale here at the VAC. And what did you tell us when you get that call that you just made a sale?
2: Somebody buys a piece of mine. I get excited like a little kid. I really do. <laughs> Asked the lady that bought my, about a month ago from me here at the, the Visual Arts Center, I was so excited that she bought that piece, I gave her another piece for free. <laughs> i I just, I, she loved it so much. Yeah. I, here, take this too. you like that.
1: Wow, yeah. You, did you want to mention that that isn't something you do every time? Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> But it's that connection. Yeah. I think when when you create art and someone buying your art, it, it's an affirmation of that. So yeah, yeah I get it.
1: <laughs> I will get it when I when I actually finish my graphic novel and get it out there to sell it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a half a lifetime project right now. <laughs> okay, so let's move along here because we are going to be running out of time, Bob. You have other interests, other hobbies, right?
2: Another hobby is wine, good wines. And I was introduced to Bordeaux Wines way back. There was a gentleman that I met on the Cape who owned a wine store, and I used to buy all my wines from him. Well, he also owned an import business and a distribution business as well as that retail one. And when I retired from my other careers, he said to me, would you like a job? And I said, doing what? He said, you can taste my wines for me. And I said, you want to pay me? (laughs) to taste your wines and do tastings, uh, that's not a hard decision to make. Yeah, I'll take the job. And uh, it's all part of the world of art as far as I'm concerned. It's such an art to making good wine.
1: I right. mm-hmm. would agree with you. Uh, Bob, that's why we have a segment, a series called The Taste of the Arts, right?
2: <laughs> and if you look at the labels on the bottles and you look Even some of the bottles, the way they make them, it's... I know, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, very
0: beautiful.
1: Yeah, uh, Yeah. my wife says she's a sucker for the label, so she'll... (laughs) 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 Now, if I remember, this turned out to be quite a little business adventure for you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I worked at his retail store, did the wine tastings and that, and they said, why don't you put some of your art in here and sell it? So I did.
1: (laughs) There you go. Now, Bob, I think we should uh, cover this. Your clientele isn't just central to Cape Cod and in Florida, is it?
2: I have art in four countries outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I have it all over the U.S.
1: Now, which pieces is that?
2: It was more of the furniture stuff. Okay. And they bought it in the U.S. when they come into his okay. wine store. Because we Cape, Cod, oh, and the, Cape okay. Cod in the summertime gets lots of European travel. Mm. And, and uh, they come in the store, they see it and they like it, and they buy it.
0: So Bob, I'm just curious, um, how did you go from woodworking into sculpting?
2: That was because my brother-in-law, who we used to visit in Florida all the time, lost his job and had to move north to another job. When he did that, we had no place to go in Florida, so we come down here and we bought a house. When I was here, I didn't have my woodworking tools, because I can't afford to own two wood shops. And I happened to go to an event that took place at the event center here in Punta Gorda. Mm -hmm. It was a wood art show, and mostly was carving, people carving. And it looked interesting. I was talking to some of the people. So I started doing that, and lo and behold, I got into it really quickly. And I went from carving little things into bigger things. It all came together, and I started producing the pieces I do now. And so it was... I would have never been doing what I'm doing if I didn't come to Florida.
0: That's fascinating, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah, Well, we're glad you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm are. happy I did I too. Know. And we're glad uh, you're right yeah. here. Because
2: <laughs> yeah. originally my plan for, this, for the wintertime was to live in a different country every year.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: I'd go there for okay. three or
2: four months. I love living in different countries.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And you have traveled a lot.
2: A lot, yeah. We've traveled a lot. And most of the time when we travel, we don't go here to there to there, we go to one spot, and we indulge ourselves and, and gross ourselves up into the culture, into mm-hmm. the people. And I find it so much more satisfying to me, and my wife yeah. does too, we just love it.
1: So, where have you been, Bob?
0: Yeah, I was just... Uh,
1: or where haven't you been?
0: Maybe
2: that's easier to answer. No, it no <laughs> it's just, uh, let's see, Australia, India, uh, Yugoslavia, which, when it was Yugoslavia. Um, okay.
1: Oh no! Wait, I do remember you mentioning something about that because that ended up being quite an adventure.
2: Yeah, I actually hitchhiked across Yugoslavia because I went there on a job, and they sent me. Said no, no, no. I was in Belgrade, and they said, you go down, fly down to uh, Dubrovnik, which is on the coast, beautiful old ancient city, and then come back that night. So I did. I went to the airport, bought a ticket, and they can't buy round trip tickets there at that time. I said, Get your ticket when you get down there. We got down there, went over to the, before I left the airport, and they said, uh, All the flights are booked. <laughs> now I have to be at a business. Actually, it was the Yugoslavian military that I was working with, and uh, I had no way of getting back. So I, I just Started hitchhiking. I hitchhiked 300 miles across Yugoslavia. <laughs> wow. I didn't make it for the, for the Monday morning meeting. But Tuesday morning, they all had a big laugh when I got there because they, they knew this was going to happen to me.
1: We didn't expect you on Monday anyway, right? Right. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> we, we were able to finish up what I was supposed to do.
1: Right. What were you doing there? What?
2: Yeah. I worked in the computer industry for okay. half of my life as okay. a software engineer mm-hmm. and I was they had bought computers from our company through a distributor and they were supposed to get two weeks of training it was two years before I was even, wow. and they uh, the salesman finally called and said hey they need some training so they said you're doing that now so I went there and it uh, okay. turns out well I I really liked the country I took my wife back the following year we went skiing in Sarajevo oh. but we had a heck of a time it's it, it really is a beautiful country, and the people are very, very friendly.
0: Okay. Would you say that was one of your favorite places in all your travels? Oh, I, you know,
2: I love them all. I love okay. them all. Yeah, I guess you can't really compare. They, it's, yeah. it's, they're all different. Most of my travels, uh, people were more than helpful. Everybody was just just nice. Right. And don't drink the water in India. I can attest to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so any place else you've been?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, most of the Europeans, especially the southern ones, Spain, uh, mm. France, yeah. England, uh, Italy. And
1: would you say with all this traveling, it has inspired or influenced your way you woodwork? It's,
2: oh, yeah. I see a lot of great things. I got really inspired by the Japanese. I love their woodwork. Okay. Good furniture. Very yeah. simple, yeah. straight
1: lines. Mm-hmm. So any other styles?
2: Originally, started with Chippendale, Queen Anne, and Shaker. My wife loved the Shaker. I liked it. I like the Queen Anne, but I love the Chippendale. And Chippendale's a little more ornate than it's not the European ornate. Right. But it's still ornate compared to a lot of the other. My wife wasn't so big on the on eight, she liked the more straight line like the... so I have to have, we have a house that's you might say is eclectic. Yeah, <laughs> Which is a term imagine. I don't like to use, but
0: <laughs> you know. I think any no. artist's home is eclectic, really. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah. I've never seen an artist yeah. that had a, a continuous theme with style no. in the home.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with you 100% there. There's too much beauty in the world to uh, to limit yourself.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, to yeah. just one style. Mm. Exactly. Right.
2: Because yeah. I have, just because I had so much furniture in the house, if I wanted to build any more, I had to
1: my I had wife to sell said, it. Get it out, get it yeah. out.
2: So I'd go try, go try to make some money and pay for my wood in the the other things I'd bought because it gets to be expensive after a while
1: I Mm -hmm. can imagine Uh, so are you working on anything special now
2: I know uh, you had mentioned the sculpture. yeah I'm I'm, I'm actually working on a piece it's almost done it's uh it's not finished yet it's done but I'm waiting for my piece of granite to make the base and the head looks like woodpecker
1: oh oh not
0: yet. and I
2: call it woody because of woody the woodpecker right, <laughs> right. right. yeah yep. <laughs> right. tails come out but <laughs> yeah. well, people want names you know, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so now Bob during last break you had mentioned there was some exciting news that you wanted to share
2: uh hopefully there's somewhere in the near future or near being maybe a year or so There'll be a book published, and then that book will be a piece of my work and an interview with me in this book.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay. And so that's I, in that's the works. All,
2: that's all I can say about it now. Right.
1: Uh, well, that sounds good. Congratulations, so. Congratulations on that. Look forward to that.
2: I, I do, too.
1: I know we're short on time, but I'm curious. I mean, that's great news. How did, how did this work out?
2: I've been very lucky. When I put the piece in over at the Botanical Gardens mm-hmm. and... I went back the next day to make sure it was what I wanted, and it was four ladies around it talking, so I walked down and said, do you like that piece, it's pretty nice. They go, yeah, we love it. And they're taking pictures, and I said, uh, would you like to meet the, the artist? And they go, yeah, I says, well, you have. <laughs> <laughs> and I signed something it's for them. <laughs> them, they loved it. Well, I was getting ready to leave, and two other uh, women come down. One of them turned out to be the head of the travel and stuff okay. Hunter Gordon. Charlotte oh and the other one was a uh, travel writer and she, her, all her stuff was published okay. on the web and she did and I never knew it they were talking to me about the piece and blah 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 about a month later, I get an email saying go to this website and look at the, <laughs> well there was a story on the gardens and one-third of that story was on me
1: Congratulations! yeah Bob that's well deserved
0: I mean you do fantastic work I mean, your work is just absolutely just beautiful. I, I really appreciate really, you saying that. You know? it, it really is stunning. And then you look closer and you're, you're just awestruck by the craftsmanship of it.
1: Right, absolutely. So I appreciate it, it's, that.
0: It's all of that. Okay,
1: so Bob, how about we get some contact information?
2: Sure. Instagram. Instagram.com slash structure in wood.
1: Structure in wood. Underscore. Okay. Mm-hmm. In
2: underscore Wood.
1: Okay. That's
2: one place to get it. There's a Facebook, but it's filled with all kinds of garbage. <laughs> don't even don't even go there. You can go to the Visual Arts Center mm-hmm. here in Punta Gorda. I'll have a piece in in the show next month, and I'll have two pieces in the show in the month of March.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm going to have another piece down in the. Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers
1: okay now people can also see you and your award-winning work at some of the local events shows in the area
2: oh yeah I've 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 done the uh, what art show here in Punta Gorda for the last five years and I've got a lot of first and second place winnings I last summer on Cape Cod, I entered three shows and I walked away with four ribbons, so I was quite happy with that. Oh, congratulations, yeah, One yeah. of them was, the ones that mean the most to me is I've won, up there I, I had a People's Choice Award and to me that means more than all the other wow. ribbons because right. that's yeah. the people who are looking at art and, and appreciating it. So mm-hmm. they're saying to me, they're not biased by anything but themselves. Right, and yeah. it's And then, what was it, two weeks ago, down here at the Wood Art Show, I won the People's Choice Award with, my, with my nature's beauty. Mm-hmm. That one, I won, yeah. both of them I won some money with.
1: Hey, money's always a good thing to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that yeah, was a good thing. And, yeah, and again, congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Bob, we're going to look at uh, wrapping up here. Anything else you want to touch on? Anything else you would like to tell the listeners about your work?
2: Because uh, I, whenever I do something, I want it to be the best mm-hmm. of what I can do right not the best of the world but the best that I can do It's the only competition I have is myself and uh, if I don't think I've, I've got that passion for it then I shouldn't be doing it because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I will help them find somebody that can do what they need
1: right I think that says a lot about your passion for the work and the quality that you want to do you're not there to mass-produce and make as much money as you can it's it's really about what you can make that you're happy with that you're passionate about that you can share with others
2: yes right that's exactly what it is yeah
1: yeah and I I think that's a a true meaning of any real artist yeah I agree Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so okay Bob we're gonna have to wrap up because we're running out of coffee, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you coming on the show, and we've been working to try and get together for a while to do this, and meeting you here at the Visual Arts, I knew some of the history, and of course we've, we've seen your artwork here in mm-hmm. the Peace River Botanical Gardens, but I didn't realize how far you have traveled, and it's it's quite an interesting uh, adventure you've had. Yeah,
0: well, this, sure. this is
2: what happens when you... Yeah. <laughs> You get bored with things and you gotta do new things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bob, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you.
2: Thank you for having me. And, it's been uh, a pleasure. Yeah,
1: and look forward to seeing some more of that artwork that you got coming out. Yes, yeah. next uh, month,
0: March. Yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah. well with the next show, but mm-hmm. well, yes
2: yeah. You'll get to see my fused glass stuff, if I, depending on how fast I can pick this up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go, always branching to something new. Well, again, yeah. Bob, thanks for being on the show. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Bob.
1: Kat, good to catch up with you again. You too, Dave. And we'll catch up on the next show. So everyone, we thank you for listening to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Yeah. Blessings, everyone.
1: There you go. So do you feel like you actually met your goal of... And that is not my goal. (laughs) This is Partnership for the Arts Talk Show. Thanks for joining us.
0: As we explore the worlds of art.
1: You can find this and other episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show, or our newest website, pftatalkshow.org.
0: This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida.